Children can be dismissed for Children's Church. This morning's scripture reading is Psalm 33. Sing for joy in the Lord, O you righteous ones. Praise is becoming to the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Sing praises to him with a harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy, for the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the loving kindness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their host, he gathers the water of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. He frustrates the plans of the people. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart from generation to generation. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people whom he has chosen for his inheritance. The Lord looks From heaven, he sees all the sons of men. From his dwelling place, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all, he who understands all their works. The king is not saved by a mighty army. A warrior is not delivered by great strength. A horse is a false hope for victory, nor does it deliver anyone by its great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope for his loving kindness to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield, for our heart rejoices in him because we trust in his holy name. Let thy loving kindness, O Lord, be upon us, according as we have hoped in thee. I got it. I got it. I got it. Thank you, Ben. Oh boy, I'll tell you what, my heart's full.
And then it spills over in my eyes when it gets full. Some people are just such big babies. <laughs> oh. It's not Micaiah Pack, it's Micaiah Weems. And it's in your bulletin. And it's a picture of God's blessing. I said, uh, Micaiah, just give us a picture of God's blessing. Just so much of it, we can't contain it. And it comes down and it goes through us and it goes out to others. And if you recognize Shasta Dam there, if you've been out there, uh, thank you, Micaiah. And I appreciate that so much. This is about blessings today. And... Um, we're going to rejoice in that. As soon as I recover from all that singing and scripture reading, which so wonderfully fit together. We're in Ephesians, but I can't help but go to Ephesians chapter 5, um, verse 19, just for a moment. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Thank you, Pack family. Pack. Now we got Pack on the brain. Thank you, Rank family. And um, Micaiah Weens, and thank you for the packs running the thing back there. That's a, we got it all figured out. What a blessing. What a blessing. And it's an old story, and you've heard it before, but I'll say it again to some of you that don't know. It was Bob Keyline who had to walk down French Creek Road and ask me if he could come to our little Sunday school. I'm the missionary. I didn't knock on his door, he knocked on mine. And he came down and he and his family got saved and their kids are getting saved and their grandkids are getting saved and I tell you what, we're all getting saved. <laughs> and then they get up here and sing their hearts out and I love it and I appreciate it. And that's enough of that. I'll be bawling up here, okay? Um, here we are. Right there. And this is the journey we're on. We're trying to see him more clearly. We're trying to understand him so deeply, enjoy him so thoroughly, delight in him so fully, love him so completely that we might obey him so perfectly. We started out this little journey a few weeks ago by going into the book of Ephesians and starting at the fourth chapter of Ephesians verse 1 and looking past that into four, chapter 4, 5, and 6, looking at what God is, how God has called us to obey, how we are to live as Christians. And as we read those things, it was apparent to me in my life, and I'm sure it is in yours, that that's a very difficult task, to live the Christian life the way God requires us to live. It is a tall order. So what we've decided to do and what the Scripture actually teaches to do by the wording of the Scripture 
there's a therefore before all that instruction. Well, then, if we look at that instruction on how we're to live and we say, man, I just I, that's really difficult. I don't know if I can do that. I, I get frustrated in trying to live that way. Uh, then there is a power shortage uh, in our lives. So we recognize that. We recognize that power shortage, and we go on the other side of the therefore. And the other side of the therefore is chapters 1, 2, and 3 of Ephesians. The key to experiencing the expected obedience lies in understanding who we really are in chapters 1, 2, and 3. Not only knowing it, who we are, not only understanding who we are, but actually believing it, actually putting it into practice, living by faith. We started out this journey by this little thing we call the Jesus 24-7 Challenge. And that is getting up every morning, and I'm, I'm hearing from you, and many of you are doing this, and maybe all of you are doing it, I don't know. But uh, it's encouraging to me to hear that um, you're trying this. You're conscious of this. We get up every morning, we put our feet on the floor, or maybe before you get your feet on the floor, and you say to yourself, what are Jesus and I going to do today? What are we going to do? In other words, that makes us conscious to walk in the Spirit of God to walk in His presence all day long. And throughout the day, because we've started the day that way, and we've started the day maybe reading our devotions, our scripture, where, wherever you are in that, maybe that's in the evening for you, maybe it's in the morning for you. Um, but we are practicing the presence of Jesus. And so um, that gets us started gets us renewed in this thinking. I said, confess to you that I had a truth vault, that I know Jesus indwells me because the Scripture tells me that. I know the Holy Spirit is within me because the Scripture tells me that. And I've experienced that in my life, but I told you that I have a truth vault. Then I don't always live that way. I don't always live in that moment of Christ influencing my decisions in my life. And so... Um, that's why I wanted to take this truth vault, the stuff out of the this truth vault on my head, and get out of my heart and live with Jesus day by day, moment by moment, actually. And so um, that's a tall order for us. Um, but for many of you, you've uh, gotten back to me and told me uh, what that's been doing in your life and how that's changing things um, in your attitude in your relationship with your, with your spouse, in relationship to other folks that you come in contact with during the day, your decisions that you're making. So that's wonderful, and that's good news. Well, when we did that, we started that experiment. What it, what it did for us is uh, there was a sense of unworthiness and a sense of uh, can I really um, have a sinful person have this fellowship with Almighty God? on a daily basis. And so that sent us back to Ephesians chapter 1. And if you look there in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1, we came across two, truth, two truths just in that one verse. First of all, he called us saints. And secondly, he said, we're in Christ. And so we had to grasp a little bit, wrestle a little bit with that idea of being a saint. 
What is a saint? A saint is somebody that's been set apart from sin. To God, taking the holiness of Christ and having that placed on us and our sin being taken away from us. Well, um, how's that happen? Uh, is, that, is that just an idea or does that really happen in reality? And as we search the scriptures, we find that because we've been born again, it really is the truth that we are a new person in Christ. We are a new spiritual being. Scripture tells us, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so what, what has happened to us is when we trust Christ as our Savior, it puts us into a new life. That's why the Scripture uses the term born again. We've been born once into this fleshly body. This is another birth that births a new life, a new spiritual life. And in that spiritual life, all our sins are forgiven. We can have perfect fellowship with Christ. Christ can knock on our door in the morning and walk with us all day long in perfect unity with us, even though He's a sinless, holy, righteous God, and we continue to sin in our flesh. He can have fellowship with us because He's having fellowship with this sinless new man. It's a great truth of Scripture. And it's one that is a little hard to get our mind around. But he says, I want you to believe that by faith. You have to believe that by faith. You live by faith. You live by believing what he tells you and who he tells you you are. And he says you are a saint. Your sins are forgiven. Now, then we had to deal with, well, well then... Paul informs us, uh, well, yeah, but what happens because I, I do sin? Yes, Paul says you do, but that's this old body of sin that you were born with. That's this old flesh that you were born with. It's a sinful mind, a sinful uh, body, a sinful heart that has been conditioned to sin from birth. So, when that body is sinning, that's really not me. That's really not the new man. That's not an excuse to sin, but it's the truth of Scripture. And so we've got to wrap our minds around that. The other thing he said was that you're not only a saint, but you're in Christ. And that's how this happens. And we use the illustration of taking a piece of paper and putting it inside a book. And when you put the piece of paper inside the book, this is you going inside the book. The book is Christ. And whatever happens to the book happens to you. This was a watchman knee illustration. He said, you do that, you throw the book in the fire, the book burns up, so does a piece of paper. Whatever happens to the book happens to you. It happens to the piece of paper. Whatever happens to Christ happens to you. So then the truth of the matter is, and we sing it here, the glorious songs, wonderful songs, the resurrection. So what, what happens, the Bible teaches us, and we wouldn't know this unless the Bible taught it to us. That's why we have to believe the Scripture. He says we are in Christ when Christ went to the cross. And we were in Christ when Christ went to the grave. And we're in Christ when Christ was resurrected. And we're in Christ when Christ is seated in the heavenlies. So our life, the spiritual life that's been reborn, 
this new Jerry Boyle, is, is in Christ. Therefore, he's a saint, he's sinless, and he is in Christ enjoying all the things that Christ has been blessed with. Now, practically speaking, that's my position in Christ, that's who I am, and then God's going to help us to understand how that, because that's who we are in Christ, then in our own fleshly body, let's get living like that. Let's, let's get victory, in our, even in our own fleshly body. And we won't get total victory over that sinful body until he takes us home. Dick Marks just, phew, the other day, that was all gone. That sinful body was all gone. Sinful temptations were all gone. Sinful thoughts were all gone. Just like that, he's in the presence of Jesus Christ and the, enjoying the fellowship and righteousness of God. Glory to that. That's why death, where's your sting? Where's your victory, death? Christ has overcome that for us. And so that's the journey we're on. Now, the journey we, it takes us today in um, <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Now, we're going to do something a little different today than normal. <clears throat> and we're going to go do a little um, study together. Let me first say this, that this verse, this verse is like throwing the doors wide open into heaven. This is, a, this is just the beginning, and, and the rest of these three chapters in this book are going to expand on it. But what Paul was telling us here in one little verse, he's going to just throw the doors open and say, you're a new creature, you're, you, you are a new man in Christ. You're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. You've been placed into a new kingdom. And he's going to just throw the doors open and say, this is who you are. And this is what's out there for you. Now, it's just, it's just a, the beginning of chapter 1, 2, and 3 of Ephesians. But he capsulizes it in one verse. So, before, so I want to tell you that first, but then I want to encourage you that many of you are reading through the Bible, uh, do it, trying to do it in a year, and maybe different books are studying, and, and I just want to encourage you one thing. One thing I noticed, especially as a man, that oftentimes we don't do too well in opening the Bible and just looking at a little passage. That passage this morning that Bill read, Psalm 33, it's all about who this great God is. And you can take a psalm like that, and you can read through that, and you can stop every two or three verses and just pray to God and just say, thank you, God, for being that great God. Thank you, God, for being the creator. Thank you, God, for raising up a nation of it, the nation of Israel. Thank you, God, for having your son born as a man on this earth. Thank you for parting the water. Thank you. You can just go through that whole thing, and it, it can just be a prayer. Just, you, 
You don't have to really even study it too much. You just you can just read through it and pray to God. It's a praise to God. That's what it is. Along with our singing and reading that, it's just a continual this morning praising God for what he's done for us. Now, what I would like us to do is practice a little bit looking at this outline up there. Okay? This is the first verse. This is the verse we want to look at today. Blessed or praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's just one verse. Okay? This is what I want to encourage this morning. I want to encourage you to, to begin to, if you, if you don't already, to begin to look at a verse at a time sometimes and just read it once, read it twice, read it three times, See what you think you can find there in that verse. Okay? And this is a great one to look at. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. One of the things that I do and others that are studying Scripture and want to prepare a sermon or a lesson, when you look at a portion of Scripture, you try to figure out what's the action. What's, being, what's taking place? So, I made this outline. Find the action. Find the verb. What is the, what is the action in this verse? Hmm? I got it written up there. What is it? Bless. There's something happening. There's a verb. There's something, there's some action. Now, now don't get all squirrely when you say verb and adjectives and nouns and, and get all, you know messed up and say, oh my goodness, that takes me back to school and I never could get that stuff. <clears throat> it's action. What's the action? What's the verb? So you, so you look at a verse like that and you say, oh, okay. Something's going on here and what it is, it's blessings. Blessing. Okay. Then you decide who are the characters. Okay. So you look at the, you look at the verse and you say, because if we can find out what's going on and who the characters are, that's going to help us understand what this verse is talking about, right? And so you can do that with any portion of Scripture. You look at it, you say, <clears throat> who are the characters? Maybe one's the writer. Um, I said here, uh, including the writer. Find the players, including the writer. So I'll give you a second, and you determine, the, you determine who they are. Uh, including the writer, there are at least three more players, okay? There are three more people here in this, in this verse. So if I'm home and I encourage you to do this, you get a piece of paper and you, you read a verse like this and you say, okay, what, what's going on? Oh, the action is there's blessing. Some, some blessings are happening, happening. Okay? And so, let's go to the next slide and see who, who we figured out was there. Well, the action is blessed. Paul was the writer. There's God the Father. There's us. And there's Jesus Christ. Okay? Now, if you were trying to get this so that you could kind of remember it and put it in an order of some kind, let's leave Paul off of this. And let's take God, 
us and Jesus and see if we can just kind of name it, name them, okay? So if you were, if you were going to give God another name than God the Father from this verse, what would it be? Reading in uh, New American Standard says blessed, okay? So would it be a stretch for us to say the blessed one? We can entitle him the blessed, blessed one. It's the one that we are praising. It's the one Paul is praising. We are blessing him. We are praising him. That's what we're doing with our songs. We just we 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 want writers to write the best they can. We want a music people to write the best they can so that they we can express our heart to God in music and song and praise his name. He, he is what those songs were saying this morning. He's the creator. He's the resurrected one. He, he is the one that loves us. He is the one that rescued us. So, we, so he is the blessed one. Now, if he's the blessed one, what does the blessed one do in that verse? What's the blessed one do in that verse? What's the action, and what's he do? And you said he... Say it a little louder. He blesses us. Okay? So he's the blessed one. You could put that a little title, blessed one, and then next you could say he is the blesser. Okay? He's the blessed one, and he's also the blesser. So that means that number three would be us, and we would be the blessed. Okay? So we have the blessed one. He is the blesser. What did I say we were? The blessed. I was the ones being blessed. We are the blessed. So what would Jesus be? He's our blessing. And he's the, you can put agent with it if you like. Flip up the next uh, one. So we have Paul doing the praises. We have God being the blessed one. We have God being the blesser. We have us being blessed. And we have Jesus Christ being the blessing agent or actually the blessing because we are in Christ and that is the blessing. So in one little verse, you, you can take that verse and, and kind of form it like that, and you have kind of a lesson, but, but more than that, you have something to pray with. This is what I like about this. Now, can you think of things to pray about for the Blessed One? Well, we talked about it. We had a whole psalm that was just praise to God. So you, you can do that. It's, it's not difficult. Sometimes we say, well, I don't know what to pray about. Well, let's start by just praising God. Get a psalm out, read it. Tell him, tell him who he is. Thank him for who he is. Rejoice in who he is. You see that little um, card we have? And most of you are packing. If you don't, get one before you leave. 
see him so clearly, understand him so deeply, enjoy him so thoroughly, delight in him so fully. You, you begin to delight in God when you begin to understand and remind yourself of who he is and what a great creator he is and how he is, sees us through this life and, and protects us and loves us and, and takes care of us. So we delight in that. We, as we read a psalm like Psalm 33, we, we, we can see him more clearly. We can see him as who he says he is. And as we read who he says he is, sometimes when you're reading a psalm like that, you're going to go, uh-oh, that disagrees with my culture. That disagrees with my education. And then you have to make a decision of whether you believe the Word of God or whether you believe your culture or whatever. So praising God and reading about Him uh, brings some confrontation in our lives, uh, brings some decisions that we have to make. And uh, so that's how we see Him more clearly, okay? Then, so we can... Now he's the blesser. And what's he say there? He blesses us with every spiritual blessing. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But now we can just thank him for blessing us. We thanked him for who he is. Now we're thanking him for what he does for us. And you can take out a piece of paper and you can start writing down what God has done for you. And I would start with my salvation and, and work it from there. And then you, you have a prayer list to say, I'm going to take that with me today. And, I, I, and I'm just going to thank Jesus today for who he is and what he's done for me. God. Okay? Same thing. So now it's thanking him for our blessings, for him being a blesser. Now, you come to the next one, the blessed. Now, how can we pray for the blessed? Well, I'm the blessed, but you're the blessed. And, and, and I'm sitting there this morning, listening to the Rank family sing, and I'm thinking, Jesus, thank you for that family. Thank you for them. Thank you for the blessings you brought into their life as they embraced you in their salvation. So then we can begin to pray for others, the blessed ones. It's a wonderful thing to be in the family of God. I, I shot an email off to my grandson this morning and just thanked him for being faithful. He's at Chico State. He wears a t-shirt from camp that says, I'm not ashamed. And underneath it's a verse. And the teacher says, in front of everybody, wow, nice shirt. What's that mean? Jared, of all the people, all the grandkids that I have, he's the quiet one. So he shares what it means. It's the gospel of Christ that he's not ashamed of. 
Well, she said, well, she looked down and said, well, what's the verse mean? You know, what verse is that? And so he quotes the verse. Another girl says, why do you believe that? And he said, why can't I, why shouldn't I believe it? He's the creator, he's the, and he goes on to give his testimony in front of the school, in front of the class. Well, praise God, the teacher wasn't one of these people that were trying to put him down or anything. She saw what he was wearing, she wanted to know what he was thinking, and she gave him a chance to express it. Sowing seed, I told him this morning, may that seed that you sowed reproduce in whomever that was for. We have no idea who that was for. But we can, we can, we can pray uh, for the blessed ones, us. Thank you for this person. Thank you for that family. This family is going through a little bit right now. Lord, help them understand uh, your love and your power and your, and your peace. Help them to understand that so we can pray for them. And then, of course, it comes to the last one and the blessing agent or the blessing himself, Jesus Christ. Now, we ought to be able to think of some things to thank him for. And we ought to be able to write him down, maybe. You know, Going to the cross for us? Ah, before that, becoming a man. Hmm. Scripture tells us there in Ephesians, before the foundation of the world, he knew he was going to the cross. And yet he came down here and went to it for us. So, is that awesome? So, just in that little verse, blessed be the God, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, praise be to him who blessed us. Yes, he is a blesser. And we receive those blessings with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And it's in Christ. Now, Let's just look at that for a moment. Um, a couple other things I want to bring to our attention this morning. Because you go on in the verse, and he said that he blesses us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So we get through knowing the action and get through knowing the characters, and then we write down every spiritual blessing. Hmm. I wonder what exactly that means. And he's going to unfold that for us. I'm not going to go into it too much this morning, but he's going to unfold that for us in chapters 1, 2, and 3, what these spiritual blessings are. Um, in in uh, 2 Peter uh, 1, 3, I think it is, he tells us that everything pertaining to life and godliness, he's provided for us in Christ. There isn't, he can't give us any more blessings than what he's already given us because he's given us all these things in Christ. In um, Colossians chapter 2, verse 10, he says, you are complete in Christ. So the picture we're going to get from Ephesians is that he's going to, he's given this peek into Ephesians that he's just going to show us all these things that we have because we're a new person, we're a new creation in Christ. Now, we have to not only begin to know them and read about them, 
but we have to be able to believe them. We have to be able to believe what he says. I've given you everything you need for life and godliness. All the spiritual blessings. You want love? He showered his love on us. You want peace? He says, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives you peace. Joy? Yeah. I came that your joy might be full. Strength? Yes. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, all the blessings have been given to us. Now we got to learn them, practice them, believe them, and live them out. But we can't really live them out unless we really know them and understand them and actually believe them. Because some of it is pretty hard to believe. It's pretty otherworldly. It's beyond our scope. And that's what he's talking about when he said these blessings in the heavenly places. So he says, Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now let me say this. These, are, these blessings aren't, I, I, I should have said this earlier, but these blessings aren't something that are just in the spiritual. What it means is, not spiritual as opposed to physical, what it means is the blessings come from the Spirit. They are spiritual blessings because they're sent to us from the Spirit. So they, they could be um, health. They could, I mean, there are all kinds of things that they can be, the blessings. But their, their origin, their, they come from the Spirit. Now, when he says in heavenly places, as soon as we see heaven, we kind of almost get a, a picture of someplace way up there. That's not really what he's talking about. Let, let me um, read you a... Uh, few verses right here in Ephesians. You go with me. So verse 1, 3 says heavenly places. I wrote down, I have written uh, verse 20, Ephesians 1, 20. Um, starting before that, these are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. So that, that, that kind of, we have this picture almost in our mind that God's up there sitting down and that, that's, a, that's a way to say that he's at the right hand of God. It's, it's a way to say that he is God's arm. Uh, he, I don't think he's sitting down because he told us he's going to prepare a place for you, us and when he comes again he'll have it prepared for us. So it's not the idea that he's sitting, it's the idea that it's his position, okay, with God, God the Father. So um, go to um, 2.6 with me. And he raised us up and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. There he's saying it again. He seated us in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. 
were there. Okay, now go to 3.10. And he's going to talk about the same thing again. In Ephesians 3.10 it says, So that in the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church, ah, to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Oh. Now, the idea of God sitting in heaven is greatly expanded into the idea that there are rulers and authorities and beings in heavenly places. In this spiritual realm is what he's talking about. So he's blessed us with all these blessings because he has placed us into the spiritual realm. He has opened the door, taken the, the blinders off our eyes, and now we can see, we can believe things that are spiritual. You might say to me, do you believe in Satan? I said, absolutely I believe in Satan. Why do you say you believe in Satan? Because the Bible talks about Satan. That's, I believe that. Do you think there's demons? Well, of course there's demons. Because Jesus talks about fallen angels. Those that have left their first estate, of course there are. Do I see them? Do I, do I see a manifestation of them? Uh, no, not really. I, I see their work. But I believe that because the Scripture tells me that's the way it is. Now turn with me to the back, very back of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Start with 10. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Why is that so important? To be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Why is that so important? Put on the full armor of God. Why is that so important? So that you will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Do I believe there's a devil? I don't only believe there's a devil. I believe he's so much smarter than me that it's not even close. And if I were to have to fight him on my own, I would lose every time. And this world is losing. He is, he is controlling it more and more and more. So that you will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Why? For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces in this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. This is not just a throne room up there in heaven with a great white bearded God sitting there and a sacrificed lamb Jesus sitting next to him saying, well, I hope this all works out down there for him. That's, that's not the picture. The picture is that when we were born again, when we trusted Christ as our Savior, our eyes are open to a spiritual world, a new person, a new spiritual person in me, a new spiritual realm that I couldn't understand or see before. And that's why I love this verse, because it's like, it's like Paul would say, I'm going to show you something. 
I'm going to show you who you are in Christ. And I'm going to show you why you need to be in Christ. And I'm going to show you why you need to be strong in Christ. Because I'm going to open the door to the spiritual world, the spiritual kingdom. And there's a battle going on out there. And you're in it. But praise be to God, He is the victor who lives in us. So we, we will have a victory. But it doesn't mean we're not going to battle. It doesn't mean we aren't going to feel the consequences of, of Satan's wrath and, and Satan's temptations and, and we'll still feel the, the battle that we have with our own old flesh that's contaminated by our old sinful nature that we got to live in this thing for a while. But we are a new person. And so he's trying to show us, Paul was trying to show us in his first three chapters who we are. Who we are in Christ. Now, if that doesn't make you want to dig and look at the verses and say, well, who am I? How did this come about? What, what was God thinking? What, what's, he, what's he got for me? What's in store for me in my life? I better search the scriptures. I better figure it out. I better believe it when I read it. Even though it's going to seem many times like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. It's unreasonable. Faith is believing something that is unreasonable. Faith is believing God's word. And when he reveals his truth to us, we need to believe it. And when we believe it, we'll have victory. And we'll have energy. And, and we'll have uh, a desire. When we realize who we are in Christ, we, we, we get a new uh, look at life. A new energy because who we are in Christ. So then when we come into chapters 4, 5, and 6, and it says, well, when this happens, you need to act like this. When this happens you need to act like this and you go yeah I want to do that because then I it could be worship to God and it'll be thankfulness to him for what he does for me praise God Heavenly Father thank you for your word thank you that you are the blessed one thank you that you are the blesser thank you that we are so blessed Thank you that Jesus Christ is our blessing. That we can be in him like that paper in a book. We can be led by him. We can be protected by him. We can be taught by him. We can be comforted by him. We can have insight into the spiritual things of this universe that we would never have known before. Because you've revealed these things to us and especially reveal them to us through your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we thank you. Amen.